horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, and welcome back to another edition of Winning Ponies. So happy you are tuned in, and what a pleasure it was to turn on the television today and see Saratoga Racecourse running again. Now, folks, I'm not paid by Saratoga to hype the place, but let's face it, this time of the year, whether you're a racing fan or a handicapper, it's a place to be. I got off the phone with a friend of mine today I've known for 20 years. Owns horses, has been very successful in the business. Never been to Saratoga. Says, yeah, I got to get up there. I say, you better get up there. Uh, you just can't tell people about it until they experience it. I guess it's kind of like going to uh, Kentucky Downs or Keeneland, a couple of the other uh, boutique meets that are out there. But it's not boutique anymore. Uh Saratoga back in the day when I began going there, um, you know, it was uh, pretty much you had to be there. It was August through Labor Day. That was it. Then they extended into the last week of July, then the last two weeks of July. And uh, finally, it's like anything. When you got a good thing, you just don't want to dilute it too much. Obviously, that's not stopping them. I saw the crowds today. Of course, opening day could have some allure. And they did have their traditional afternoon rainstorm, but it came and went after the first race. And, uh, you know, there's just – this is it. This is – you got six weeks now. We had four. We had six. But it was like you had to be there. And back then, I think we had four days of racing. I think it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday or and then, of course, you'd shoot over to Green Mountain or go to the Saratoga Trots at night. There's there's a lot to do up there, folks. But uh, the, the main reason you're listening to this show is to try to find out what horses are running, who's been running good, what happened last week, what's coming up. Well, of course, we're going to we're going to give you all that and in, in giving you that um, brought out uh, two really great guests and uh the the first out of the box is tom law of course you, you know him as the uh, head of st publications uh, they put out the saratoga special he and sean clancy and joe clancy uh just do a fantastic job uh they put on a few new staff members they've got some people that have been with them every year and it is just all-encompassing. So uh, we'll be talking to a, it, you a little bit later about how to get on board with the Saratoga Special. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. But it really is, in my opinion, uh, the best Saratoga-based publication out there. No doubt about it. Uh, so Tom Law is going to be with us. Uh, Tom's such an integral part of that publication and also is the president of the national turf writers and broadcasters association been around the game for a while knows the game he's a saratoga resident so looking forward to tom kind of setting the table and don't forget one of the reasons we're driving you to saratoga is not only the great horses and jockeys and trainers but great big 
pools. So you can get your easy win forms. Uh, you, you, you can, uh, obviously, if you're not at Saratoga, call up BetUSA.com and get your bet down. Uh, but th this is the time of year where you can do your homework. And so many people are focused on Saratoga. There's a lot of information out there to be garnered. I'm not saying any one guy, uh, you know, whether you like uh, Pinkai, Andy Serling, um, the big A is no longer the big A anymore. Anthony, he looks great on Fox. Uh, so, you know, pick, listen, can't hurt, make your own plays, but we'll try to give as much help as we can with our easy win forms. Now, you say, John, you had two guests. Yes. My second guest is, is Ron Flatter. And uh, w without a doubt, uh, the Ron Flatter Racing Pod is to be listened to. Uh, I'm telling you, this guy has been there and done that. Uh, Ron Flatter has such an amazing resume, and he's covered races literally all over the world, uh, from Australia to France, and of course, all the big uh, races that he's covered over the years. He's got extensive extensive experience in, in radio and television uh pretty much from coast to coast and it got a little bit lost in some of the news last week and that is the passing of hank goldberg now some of you youngins might not know who hank goldberg is but he was kind of one of the gold standards of on-air handicapping back in the day when we had ooh, Limited, Pete Axelm, uh, Jim McKay, Chris Lincoln, uh, uh, people like that. And then they started bringing in the more polished handicappers. Uh, and uh, one of them that they loved to get for his personality and his picks was Hank Goldberg. Well, Hank shed his mortal coil on the 4th of July on his birthday. And, uh, you know, his 82nd birthday. So he lived a long and uh, wonderful life. He was uh, such a witty sports talk radio and television personality. Um, a lot of stories emanate out of Miami. But either way, uh, we're, we're going to talk to Ron Flatter uh, about Hank Goldberg and some of the some of the things that happened with him over his career. Uh, Ron interviewed him several times on his show and knew him as a man and pulled out some really top people in the industry to talk about uh, Hank. So uh, those are the top two guests. Now, again, we went back to Saratoga and uh, told you about the big pools and the betting opportunities and some of the outlets. Well, of course, we want you to come over to winningponies.com, pull down the easy win forms. You can always check out what we did over the week. So we not only want to you know, put the forms in your hands, but you can say, how good are these guys? What have they done? And you can go back and check the results. I mean, of course, Ellis Park's open now. Uh, just about five days ago, we had a 50-cent pick five that paid over $1,000, just under a grand off uh, Los Alamitos. So from Ellis Park to Los Alamitos, how about middle of the country, Colonial Downs is just three days ago, hit a $1 try box for over 1300 And then, hey, let's go to the Finger. Finger Lakes, same day, four days ago. 50 cent pick five paid 1,460. So this is the time of year to be there, ladies and gentlemen. Now, here's some late breaking news. It's one of those things that probably won't surprise a whole lot of people. But Sonny Leone, until, oh, eight weeks ago, you never heard of this guy. 
Well, he put in one of the most uh, beautiful rides anybody's ever seen in the Kentucky Derby aboard Rich Strike. Uh, coming from last to first, uh, winding through horses, saving ground. Okay, you get the picture. It was a great ride, but he got noticed by the world. And as always happens when these things happen, he got noticed by a whole lot of jockey agents that are trying to lure him away from Jeff Perrin. Now, both Sonny and, and, and Jeff are friends of mine, though I've known Jeff a lot longer. I've probably known Jeff for about 20 years. And... Uh, you know, he's taking the high road, but uh, anyhow, he is going to be shifting his base from Belterra Park to Gulfstream Park, uh, and uh, these things happen. And, you know, I'm sure from the comments uh, I've read from Jeff, uh, it, the door will be open. You know, he he, uh, he said he's a grown man with a wife and child, and he's got every right to do what he believes is the best thing for him and his family. But sure, it's a disappointment. And a bit of a shock for Jeff, no doubt about it. He really kind of think, because uh, he started, you know, they were coming to Churchill and a few other places for stakes race now that he's a, quote, name rider. Uh, he's going to ride uh, Belterra right through tomorrow, I believe. He's named in, in about five mounts, including a stakes race. Uh, so uh, now what happens down the road with uh, this whole seen as far as Rich Strike's concerned, I believe that Byron King reached out and already talked uh, to uh, the, the the trainer and uh, what he's saying is he's probably going to stay on Rich Strike. So he really doesn't doesn't have to worry about that uh, according to the reads. So uh, Sonny Leone leaving the smaller tracks and going to try it on the big time. I wish him nothing but the best of luck. All right. Now, let's take a look at some of the races we looked at last week. I'm starting to talk way too long and uh, just say, so how did you do last week? Well, let's not go all the way back back last week let's go back a couple hours ago that's right we're up and running at saratoga the 104th schuylerville it's a great three race and justify the triple crown winner this is his first crop and he now has his first stakes winner in just cindy who was really really game with summer promise who went off the slight favorite a d wayne lucas trainee keep an eye out for summer promise and keep an eye out for janice joplin <laughs> oh yeah that'll be an easy name to remember came from last and was flying at the end a daughter of California Chrome, but it was just Cindy that got the job done. All right, then in the victory ride at Belmont Park, it was Hot Peppers looking hot on the lead at four to one, wire to wire. Luis Sayez in the saddle right there. Second sharp effort by half is enough. I read Ortiz in the saddle, and in the third spot was Happy Soul. Uh, then we looked at the Belmont Oaks. The winner in here, the lightly raced McKirk. This was a race with a lot of horses with talent. And, you know, shipping in from across the ocean, uh, Concert Hall, the Irish bread, was favored from the Aiden O'Brien farm. Ended up running fourth. The winner again, McCulloch, a Chad Brown trainee, a daughter of the great Frankel. This one, bread in Britain, has only touched soil in North America. And in the... 
Second spot was With the Moonlight and then Consumer Spending. Then we went on to the Derby, but it was the Caesars Belmont Derby Invitational. And we talked a lot about liking the Kenny McPee course in here, that, of course, being Tis the Bomb. And the Kenny McPee course got the job done. But it was 26-to-1 shot classic Causeway putting in the upset wire-to-wire with Julian Le Peru in there for Kenny McPeak. Upset time in the Belmont Derby. It was classic Causeway. All right, that's a look at today's action and last week's action. Uh, what, what can we say, folks? I'm going to move on to our break because I can't wait to get to our next guest. This is a a summer rite of passage when we bring on Tom Law, and that can only mean one thing, people. That's right. That means it's opening day at Saratoga. We'll be right back and bring you all the upcoming action at the spa with our friend Tom Law right after this break. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Guys, with a lot of big racing right around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS for all of your gambling needs. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades thriving and paying their loyal customer base. With action on every sport across the world, we can pretty much guarantee that we got your game. So join now using Capital Ponies and get a big 125% deposit bonus up to 2,500. So play with the mainstay in the industry. Get your bets down with betus.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. But before you go to BetUS.com, you want to come over to WinningPonies.com and pull down your easy win forms. They're inexpensive, they're fast, and look on the site. You're going to see our results. We come up with some excellent plays every week, and the results are right there. So come on over to WinningPonies.com, get your easy win forms, and then get your action down at BetUS.com. US.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live. 
the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. And with me right now, I hope you're setting your clocks, your sundials, whatever you look at the calendar by, because if you hear this next voice, you've got to say, uh-oh, it must be opening day at Saratoga, because John's talking about the Saratoga special, and he's talking to one of the three elements of the trifecta that makes that team go and that is none other than Tom Law, Sean Clancy, Joe Clancy. No team does a better job at creating the feel of a day under the ancient elms than you and the Clancy brothers. And no publication intimately tells stories about the people, their horses, the days racing amid the atmosphere of Saratoga than the publication he just finish publicizing and you can get in your mailbox tomorrow or pick it up at the spa tom law happy to have you back john uh as always a great introduction uh thank you i appreciate it yeah you're right opening day was today as i i have a little chalkboard on my front porch at my house here in saratoga (laughs) not far from downtown and i've been putting uh the last few weeks i've been putting a little countdown i've been doing like five weeks to go, 20 days to go, 19 days to go. Today I wrote on my chalkboard, the wait is over. Wow. <laughs> Opening day is here. So I don't know if my neighbors think I'm completely insane, uh, but as you know, Saratoga is a racing town, so everybody knows what's going on. And uh, the place was uh, buzzing today, 28,000 plus for opening day. Uh, as you said, wish, uh, issue number one in the books for the Saratoga special. Uh, you can get that at thisishorseracing.com for a little plug. Uh, and you can get uh, issue number two on Saturday. And uh, we're we're off and running. It's, uh, you know, I feel like we've been going full throttle for about two weeks, kind of getting ready for now. And uh, it's great that it's here. It's great that the races were going on today and great crowd. You know, it's funny. It was a, a little bit of a rainstorm right before the first race. And I'm like, come on. How can it rain? And of course, it rains a lot at Saratoga during the meet, uh, but uh, it stopped, and it was sunny for the first race, and the rest of the day was beautiful. Perfect summer day here in Saratoga. Absolutely. Yeah, as far as counting down the days, I used to do the same thing in my jail cell till I got out of the road. <laughs> and then I would put, hey, today's the day, you know. I mean, Notch I, in the concrete, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. I saw, I understand the chalkboard. I really do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, now, now tell me. I, I named the uh, triumvirate of the Saratoga yep. Special, and I was going through it today, and I thought I saw uh, some uh, uh, photographer you're using a little bit more, and maybe some more writers. So catch us up on what we might be sure. looking for in either this case of new people telling us about the yep. sport, about anything new you're doing with the special. 
Sure. I can give you our, our sort of our schedule first. Uh, we're doing Please. tapers every Wednesday and Saturday, with the exception of obviously we did today, Thursday. But from now on, we'll do Wednesday to Saturday. But then we will do a long stretch from Hall of Fame Day, which is August 4th, right through August 9th. So we'll have six straight issues there. That, that centers around the Hall of Fame, the, the Whitney, and the Faisy Tipton Saratoga Select Sale. But then we'll go back to a Wednesday-Saturday schedule from then on in. You can also get our picks every day at thisishorseracing.com. And then, you're right, so it's uh, Sean and Joe, of course, the brainchild of the Saratoga Special, the, the founders of it. 22 years ago, I've joked with them uh, a couple weeks ago, we have interns now that are younger than the paper. <laughs> and they, of course, they're, we're, we're, we're all in the same age group, you know, we're in our 50s, so we kind of joked. And they were like, they're, they're younger than you, too, you know. So, <laughs> or young, you're, you're in the same boat. So uh, we got two, uh, two key guys on our team this year. Uh, that are helping us out, writers. Uh, one guy is a guy named Spencer Ripchick, and he goes to Penn State. He's from right here in Saratoga Springs. And another guy named uh, Timothy Lateau, who I came in contact with through the Amplify uh, Horse Racing Internship Program that uh, Anise Montpleasure, a former intern of ours, is in charge of. And he is from the Chicago area, and he goes to Marquette University. And then we have other contributors that are just key elements to our team, which is Paul Halloran, uh, Terry Hill. We have, of course, Todd Marks has been our photographer from the very oh, first year great. of the special. He's great. Yeah. yeah. I know he's, uh, he's somebody you look up to. And, and Dave Harmon, uh, Connie Bush, our key photographer for Susie Racher at Naira, is, is a great help. And uh, we just got a great team. I hope I didn't leave anybody off. We have a uh, Olivia Johnson and a guy named uh, Rob Whitlock, who's uh, helping us out with our distribution. So we had a, a, a few, you know, as a small business uh, sometimes has to encounter obstacles here and there, uh, getting things off the ground. Um, but uh, we got the papers out all over town today, uh, backside, frontside, uh, grandstand, clubhouse, and then all over town here in Saratoga at all the, you know, watering holes, which, you know, we go to a lot fewer than we would prefer during the meet because we're busy putting out the paper. But also the grocery stores and coffee shops and uh, breakfast spots and uh, some of the great restaurants here in Saratoga. So uh, right. now, I think now, I Tom, gave the whole uh, spiel. Yeah. Tom, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm always looking for more uh, listenership. Make sure you just yeah. told, tell, make sure you tell everybody you just mentioned that you mentioned them so they'll tune into the show and listen to the they podcast. Should. Okay. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah, I love. John and I were, I love John cross and I were talking about you last night. You know, you That's were. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I love the cross promotion. I mean, we have great brands. I mean, I think, I think your regular guy brand over the years is uh, melds perfectly with the special. I mean, that's kind of why Sean and Joe created the paper, and we, you and I have talked about it many times over the years. Uh, well, you know, yeah. they felt like there was a void, you know, and they wanted to create something that. Set the scene, just like you said in your intro to me. So, yeah, you 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 summarize it perfectly. I I, I was talking to somebody today. Uh, they'll go on name because they're a really pretty well known handicap. I said, hey, you know, did you read the special? He goes, no, I don't read the mm. special. I said, I said, what the? You don't? He goes, no, you know. I said, listen. I said, you got to. I, he goes, but I just see so many of these things and I get a lot of the same stories. I go, trust me, you're yeah. not going to get any of the same stories in Saratoga special. And what yeah. I like, what I like, Tom is. 
I'm easily entertained. And you guys yeah. do that very much. I love the fact that you go through the parking lot and you look at vanity plates. Uh, <laughs> yep. you, you know, you've got all these quotable quotes from people uh, because a lot of yeah. times these are the only time you might see some of these people. They could be West Coast people or whatever, but everybody's sure. in Saratoga. And I'm just telling people it's not a dry, you know, uh, biblical yeah. proportion, uh, blah, 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 no. blah. You know, here's my story. Uh, this is fresh stuff, first of all. Everything you write is fresh. Uh, but a lot of it's just upbeat, fun, and come on, man. That's why most of us are in this game. That's right. I mean, you know, we have, and I, I told the two guys that we got working for us this year kind of on our team are, are, are new. It's their first year. And this is like the only the second time I think I've ever led the, the team of writers here at the special when everybody was a rookie. Um, and I kind of had to go through the spiel every year and tell them, I said, look, we're, we're trying to tell the stories that nobody else is telling, you know, and, and it, it's easy to kind of just mail it in and just kind of like read the chart and just kind of do it. So, you know, the answer to the guy that you spoke to today, I would say Saturday's paper, I will almost guarantee, almost guarantee, I can't quite guarantee because there are some good, there are some good turf riders, my colleagues out there that are covering the game. I would almost guarantee that the two previews that we're going to have on the Diana and the Sanford will not be an angle that A, you expect, and B, you will see anywhere else. And that's like a, a big-time tease. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this, the, these stories, I, I talked to the writers. Of course, Sean's writing one of them, and uh, Paul Halloran's writing another. Paul's a guy that works for us in Boston. And he's a great sports writer, and he's a really knowledgeable uh, handicapper and, and fan, and uh, a, a good a good writer, great writer. And uh, they're working on those two stories. When and Joe and I kind of game planned it out all out today, it's going to be good. It's it's I'm I'm excited. You know, we had a, we had a great first issue. I'm looking forward to the second one already. And you know, that's kind of how it goes throughout the meet. And like you said, we. We're trying to we, – we, Joe and I saw like six license plates today, and we walked up back and forth to the track twice today. So uh, we got some more coming tomorrow. Well, th- th- that that's great. And, and you guys, me, yeah. you, you do. You, you keep it upbeat. You, you find a little guy. I remember one time we had a guy from Ohio go up there. He ended up running second in a grade two. But you guys wrote a story about him. You're like – Hey, who is this guy? Why is he here? Why is his hair? And does this horse even have a shot? And like I said, that's right. It ran a game race. It was yeah. only beat beat about a length, you know. And I'm like, hey, these yeah. guys found this guy. Nobody else knew who Doug Cowens was. And these that's guys right. are telling you a story about who Doug Cowens is. And he's one of the leading trainers in Ohio. But who the hell follows that, you know? But mm-hmm. you know, this, mm-hmm. that's just an example of the small gems that you guys find that you pass along uh, to, to the readers of, of the Saratoga special. Now, I, I'll find this very interesting, Tom, on Saturday because I'm trying to figure out what story you spin into the Diana other than Baker Street, who's just been nothing but phenomenal. She's gotten faster and faster, and she's going, she's going further and further and she's a friggin' winning machine, never been beaten seven starts. Good luck trying to tell a story around that one. I'm not saying there aren't. I mean, you've got, you know, mm-hmm. t- take that horse out, and this is a legitimate, you know, grade one race in a, standing on its own right. But uh, this will be interesting to see yeah. what angle your people take with the Diana because it seems like everything I'm reading goes right to Bleecker Street in the headline. Well, without a doubt. I mean, the race kind of goes through her. I mean, she... 
it's crazy. She's been, I mean, she's been favored in four of her seven races, but I'm kind of thinking like, wow, she wasn't favored in three of them. And she's a Chad Brown horse owned by Peter Brandt running on the grass that they spent $400,000 for as a yearling. Uh, but man, I mean, even Chad himself has, has been on record to say, you know, did I really think she was going to be a grade one horse? I mean, no, I wouldn't have run her at, uh, Monmouth and the Meadowlands in her first two starts. Um, you know, I mean, to his credit, he was honest about it. I mean, I, I, I give him credit. He's always honest about that kind of stuff. And I mean, she just keeps winning and winning and winning. I mean, her race at, at Churchill on Oaks day was very impressive. You know, she beat her stable mate, uh, fluffy socks was a nice horse and then came back. And like you said, keeps stretching out mile and a quarter. Last time she's shortening back up to the Diana, which is a race that Chad is, uh, very fond of and has won many times. And of course is a major player in here with four of the six runners. So yeah, yeah. like I said, the, the, the race kind of goes through her, but you know, I mean, you got a Philly like creative flair in here that Charlie Appleby trains. He's kind of like the Chad Brown of Europe. I mean, just kind of a, a great, a really great trainer over there has really nice horses and, uh, you know, don't count out Al Stahl's horse, Delica. Uh, I can remember writing about Delica two years oh, ago, years ago. <laughs> yeah. during the pandemic meet. Yeah. And, and, and watching her train and, you know, there was nobody on the backstretch watching horses train back then, just me and Al Stahl watching her. And she's very capable. Uh, she's a little headstrong and kind of, uh, kind of quirky, but, you know, maybe she's up against it, but she's, uh, she's very capable as well. Well, one of my all-time favorite races is the Sanford. And oh, a lot of people man, go, John, yeah. you know, that horse, that race has worked its way down to a great thing. So wait a second. Let me take you back to 1977, ladies and gentlemen. There was oh, an yeah. unsha- unshaven rider, not because he didn't uh, shave the day before, but because he didn't have <laughs> hair yet on his face. And his, I followed him up from Cincinnati. The, the kid's name was Steve Cawthon. And it mm. was the first time this kid named Steve Cawthon ever rode a horse by the name of Affirmed. And... They won the Sanford coming from last to first. Now, this is only a six furlong race. We all know what, uh, you know, he did down the road. But, uh, you know, to me, it was just one of the greatest things to go up there. I went up there to see Steve. He wins the race on Affirmed, and the rest, as they say, is history. So this race, I believe Scat Daddy won this race. I don't have a racing manual in front of me. Uh, I, I think uh, you know a lot, a lot of really good horses have run in here, yeah. but it's lost a little bit of its luster. Um, but it, it should be a, a good one and a good betting one, Tom. Uh, obviously, as you know, with these two-year-olds, everything can happen. Almost the whole field is coming off their maiden win. Uh, so uh, the experts shall we call it or kind of say well we don't have much to go on let's look at pedigree and you look at uh andy amo Afarens, and i know i'm saying that wrong but this horse's brother won the race <laughs> you know about mm-hmm. six years mm-hmm. ago so it's a it's a proven family so i think after you get past the face that the point that it looks like they all got good thing none of them got huge standout speed numbers from what i can see because they're all taking baby steps so this is a really interesting race uh, uh who do you got working on this one or have you looked at this race yourself because it is a jigsaw puzzle big time puzzler right i mean 12 horses uh you know what you'd want at saratoga unfortunately they had a they had a two-year-old colt uh maiden race uh kind of in the in the condition book for saturday 
and it didn't fill uh, for whatever reason. You know, there there weren't enough there weren't enough maidens ready to run uh, at the beginning of the meet, but they did get twelve in here. I mean, you want to talk about uh, a a reporter's dream? A lot of angles. I mean, like you said, Mark Cassie's got horses. Todd Pletcher's got a couple in here. Tom Amos, Brad Cox, Tony Dutro's running a New York bred. You mentioned Frenzy Fires' brother. Steve Asmussen, of course, Jeremiah Engelhart won a race today, uh, most of them coming out of a maiden win. Uh, you know, I went and did the, we did the uh, stable tour. Faisy Tipton sponsors our stable tour uh, every week, every issue. Uh, I went over and, and did a long one with Todd Pletcher the other day, and he's got two in yep. there. So I think the race goes through him. Uh, I hate to use that. I, I just use that phrase again the second time, John. If you were my editor, you'd say, Tom, don't use that phrase again. Yeah, anyway, Tom, put, put a target on his back. <laughs> you know, there's a good yeah. one. Go ahead. You there can you steal go. that. Use a different phrase, right? <laughs> so it's uh, so it's Forte, uh, who won at Belmont, and Major Dude. And I, I, and Todd made a really interesting point to me. And you look at their, their speed figures. Forte got an 81 buyer in his first race. Major Dude got a 59 buyer in his first race. So that's drastically different but the races were kind of similar both horses didn't like break from the gate in these five furlong races and just blast off and have no issues no no problems both of them had like dirt in their face had to overcome like a little bit of adversity so he you know he was pretty optimistic running them i mean forte was was uh two to five or, or one to five in his debut and one you know with irad ortiz by seven and three quarters. Of course, Irad won the won the feature today. The Scotterville, I heard you mention Just Cindy, and then Major Dude's got Johnny Velasquez, who uh, you know needs no introduction here. So I think both those horses are going to be pretty tough. But man, what a good a lot of angles. You know, a guy like James Chapman's coming in with a yeah. you know he's he's a guy that's familiar to you uh, with a a, a, a a Justify. I mean, a Justify was the sire of Just Cindy today. I mean. Man, it's a cool race. I, 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 we were looking at it, and I was like, man, we have a lot of directions we could go with a preview for our story. <laughs> so, But, uh, yeah, I think Forte is going to be pretty tough. Um, so I, I'm leaning in that direction. Well, uh, you know, again, it, it's so hard to just pick, pick a race or two. We won't have, have any problems with yeah. this race. But uh, be, before I let you go, Tom, uh, you alluded to something because – I, I was watching television today, and uh, they they do a nice thing on Fox Sports 2 where Jonathan Kinchin, the handicapper, drives around the golf cart with a couple of trainers, and they talk about mm. their, their horses and things like that. You really pretty much do the same thing with your barn tour, uh, and it's, but it's not like, oh, and here's bum, 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 bum. I mean, he really takes yep. the time to walk you down the shed row and not, oh, yeah. you know, not war and peace, but he gives you a nice thumbnail sketch about every horse and where they are right now. Absolutely, and like I said, Faisy Tipton uh, came to us a couple of years ago. Well, it's a long time ago now, maybe seven or eight years ago, and said, "Can you guys come up with a, a, a new feature, kind of an interesting feature? We'd be interested in sponsoring it." And and we we kind of stole the idea from the Racing Post uh, over in Europe. They do that, and they, they'll they'll have their riders go out for like a whole day, maybe multiple days, and go spend time with the horses. We're very fortunate with a lot of the horsemen here at Saratoga. We have great relationships with them. Uh, we started a tradition a few years ago. We do Top Fletcher the first uh, first one of the year. I make like I wrote in the, in the story today. I I make an appointment. I show up prepared. He's going to give me as much time as I need. I can tell when he's kind of ready to be done with it. But at the yeah. same time, he'll he'll keep 
uh, he'll keep listening to my questions and keep answering my questions like the true pro that he is. Um, and, and we get great insight. And, and every guy does it a little bit different. Some guys go down the shed row, like you said, and some guys get in the stalls and, like, pull the horses out. And, like, I've had <laughs> trainers be like, come on, get in here with me. And I've, I've done that, too, and it's cool. Like, come check out the body on this horse. And uh, other guys have been like, we'll, we'll go sit in the office and we'll talk about it. Like, I, I, I went with one guy, Brad Cox, last year. We sat in the office with him. We talked about all the horses. And then he was like, oh, well, let's go, let's go walk and see them all. And I was like, oh, we could have done this all at once, but we did both. You know, and That's I was like, pretty cool. I, I, well, listen, we great. Tom, I, the, the, the I time, hate to yeah. I hate yeah. to let you go, uh, but uh, duty calls. I've got to take a break. I got uh, Ron Flatter coming up behind you. And uh, so all, all I want to do is wish you best of luck and pray if all the stars align, I'm going to see you in person in a couple of weeks. So uh, thanks so much for being on. Remind everybody, Saratoga Special, this is horseracing.com. It's free, and you want to read this. Trust me. You read one edition, you'll be hooked. So Tom Law, president of the National Turf Writers and Broadcasters Association of America, thank you very much. Hope to see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, John. See you soon. Get to Saratoga, everybody. All right. Tom Law from the Saratoga Special. Going to take a quick break, and we come back. If you want to listen to some good things on the airwaves, go to the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. As I told you at the top of the show, Hank Goldberg passed away on the 4th of July, and we're going to reflect a little bit on his life and times through a guy that knew him very well, Ron Flatter. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hey, guys. With a lot of big racing right around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS for all of your gambling needs. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades thriving and paying their loyal customer base. With action on every sport across the world, we can pretty much guarantee that we got your game. So join now using Capital Ponies and get a big 125% deposit bonus up to 2500 So play with the mainstay in the industry. Get your bets down with BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. But before you go to BetUS.com, you want to come over to WinningPonies.com and pull down your easy win forms. They're inexpensive, they're fast, and look on the site. You're going to see our results. We come up with some excellent plays every week, and the results are right there. So come on over to WinningPonies.com, get your easy win forms, and then get your action down at BetUS.com. US.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show, Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, I was lucky enough to... uh, Get acquainted with Ron Flatter about, I think about two months ago, we had him on the show. And so, of course, every time I guest on, I like to look into him a little bit more. And I started listening uh, to his his podcast. And, uh, of course, there's, there's, I guess I'll call it a new one out, uh, concerning uh, Hank Goldberg. Now, for for those of you that might not be uh, in the know, or you know, if you're a millennium, you might not know who Hank Goldberg was. And for those of you that are just saying, "Wait, I think I know who he is." Remember back in the day, you saw like Pete Axelm, uh, Chris Lincoln, Jim McKay. These are the guys that you kind of became familiar with on the screen. Then all of a sudden, from out, as it got closer to race time, you might all of a sudden see Hank Goldberg came out, and he was just a breath of fresh air. You know, it almost seemed like nothing was rehearsed. He'd come on, and it was. Just, he was a fun guy to listen to. And from listening to, to Ron Flatter and, wow, uh, the, the, some of the sensational guests that he had on his racing pod uh, con- concerning the tribute to, to Hammer and Hank, as they call him, uh, uh, Kenny Maine, Steve Nagler, uh, Chris Cooper, Bob Fishman. I mean, these guys, you've got to look at their uh, mantles full of trophies for production uh, and things that they've done in racing. Uh, it, it was just kind of a neat potpourri of people's uh, opinions and remembrances of Hammer and Hank Goldberg. And now with me, the guy that put it all together, Ron Flatter. Ron, how you been? Yeah, just call me showrunner. Yeah, hello. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you the... I'll give you the um quick and dirty way I tell Hank and describe him to the younger folk and younger. I mean, you know, I mean, (laughs) I'm twice as old at 63 as most folks are at younger, but imagine Woj and imagine Adam Schefter at a time when we didn't have the internet. And that's Hank, both on the NFL (laughs) and on racing. And that was what Hank was. He was, he was Adam Schefter and he was Woj before the internet came along and, and he was so plugged in and, and then you throw in the entertainment value because he was funny. He was brash, uh, all those things. I mean, I'm trying to think, you know, was, was he a little bit Chris rock? Was he, he, he was all those things and all rolled into one. And if you had the good fortune of being in South Florida for the 35 years, he was on the radio there and he was the mayor of sports radio in South Florida before sports radio. I mean, he, he had the first seat on radio row at the Super Bowl. I remember being there. This was the 1985 Super Bowl at Stanford between the 49ers and dolphins. And there were two stations on radio row. One was a local station, KCBS in San Francisco. And the other one was Hank's station in Miami. That's it. As Tony Kornheiser would say, that's the list. That was the entirety of Radio Row, and Hank was there at the beginning. Uh, 
you know, I since then I, I you know, read so many stories about him and man, this guy from the moment he got up had to be contacting people that either he worked with or he was going to do stories about, he wanted to get information from. I always thought Joe Hirsch had uh, a pretty golden black book, but I got to guess Hank Goldberg, it seems to me from listening to the great guests that you had on this podcast, um, man, he had connections with everybody in the industry and beyond. Hank and Joe were cut from the same cloth, and I didn't know Joe. I will admit I never met the man, and that was my loss. I really came – I had come back from living in Australia about the time Joe was in his final days, and this was about 15 years ago. I had lived in Australia for about three years, and before that, I had cut my teeth at ESPN, and that was where I first met Hank. And what Hank was was a people guy regardless of what job he was going to have. And he began as an ad man. If you see the TV show Mad Men, that was Hank. That's what <laughs> Hank was in his early days. And he was an ad man, a PR guy for the Miami Dolphins when he came into radio. And Larry King groomed him, the Larry King. Wow. Larry King was doing a radio show in South Florida. And Hank followed that. I remember talking to Hank once. We were, we were sitting at dinner one time, wherever we were in South Florida. And he had brought up that, you know, we used to limo people to our show. And I go, whoa, 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 wait, wait, Hank, 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 wait. You didn't just call them on the phone? No, no, no. We brought them to a studio, I think, in South Beach. And let's say it was, wherever it might have been. And they would send a limo for them, and he would get the top shelf guys. And he followed the lead that Larry King had established. This is the same thing that Larry had done in South Florida radio. You wanted a good A-list guest, send a car for them, make sure the car was stocked with good food and drink, and let me underscore drink. And you bring them in the studio <laughs> at 9 or 10 at night. And that was what Hank did. So in the old Dick Shap way of collecting people, Hank collected people. He collected experiences with people and stories with people and interpersonal action with people. And that was what he did right up to the day he died. Well, you, you know, I, again, it was uh, I really like the, the story that uh, Chris Cooper shared about how uh, how he found out that uh, her mother had passed uh, that year. Right. And, oh, yeah. and he was so kind to go out of his way on Mother's Day and make sure that he called her. Hey, man, that takes a special kind of guy. For years afterward, Chris's mom had passed around Mother's Day, and Hank would call every year around that time. That was what Hank was about. And, uh, and Hank could be – and look, Hank and I butted heads. I left WQAM working with Hank. I was his co-host and his producer, more his producer than co-host. The co-host role developed because Hank developed it. It wasn't, wasn't any talent on my part. Whatever <laughs> I brought to the table, Hank found and Hank mined. But he'd bring me into the show, and we, the, the pairing of us became popular. And again, it wasn't because of me. It was because of Hank. I could have been just some, some stool pigeon sitting on someone's lap with a hand up my back to, to move my <laughs> lips. Hank was going to make whomever that was popular. And so I benefited from that. My career benefited from that. But Hank and I, we were together for about a year. But we butted heads. 
And it was right after the Florida Panthers uh, played in the Stanley Cup final and got swept by Colorado. And, and I was out until like literally eight in the morning the day after. It was a double overtime game in Miami, and I was out with friends and da 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 da. So I come in half hung over, and I got pissed off because Hank was throwing his weight around, and I was throwing my weight around, and it blew up, and I left the station. I left the station. A week wow. later, going right to what you said, Hank calls me. Hank calls me at the peak of what would have been our anger, and he said, Flat, are you all right? You good? You good? What are you going to do? And we had dinner and buried the hatchet before it could even be sharp. And that's what Hank was all about. I mean, you know, he was – he was on the edge. He he lived to the edge all the time, right up to the day he died. The day and I saw him a cup two and a half years ago. He and Shecky Green and I were hanging out at the Green Valley Ranch in Las Vegas. Yes, that Shecky Green who's still with us at ninety five. Yes, yeah, yes. well, that's what caught me. Your article in in uh, Horse Racing Nation it not only uh, uh, has the, the the popular Ron Flatter Racing Pod, but you can read him in, in uh, Horse Racing Nation, where you're, uh, he's also one of the top dogs over there. Um, and, and when I read that, he goes, "Yeah, I was going down to meet Shecky." I go, "Shecky Green, Shecky Green, Shecky can't Green be I know. he can't be alive." <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, what, was, what was that like? If I can ask him, mean, it sounds to me like you were you were in a movie yourself. Yeah, no, I, I had met, I had, uh, you know, I had found out Shecky was still with us and very on the ball, and a, and a mutual friend who's a writer. He said, "You got to, you got to get together with Shecky." And we did get together, and we spent uh, a morning together, and we did a podcast interview. And I said, "Hey, I'd like to hang out with you at some point." He goes, "Yeah, come on over anytime." I bet Saturday's at Green Valley Ranch. And the funny thing was, I went to Green Valley Ranch, and I was there a little early. I was going to go into the sports book and sit with Shecky and bet races. And I decided, you know something, I know Shecky knows Hank, and I called Hank, and Hank and I were talking, and Hank's like, yeah, I talked to Chad Brown, and I talked to Todd Fletcher, and I talked to Bob Baffert, and, I, da, 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 da. and Hank's dropping names to the point, you know, I mean, Hank would do that. He would drop names to the point where you needed, like, Frazier Crane would say, you need a dustpan and a broom to sweep them up. And we got done, <laughs> and I walk into the sports book, and I sit down with Shecky, and who's sitting next to Shecky but Hank? I said, Hank, what are you doing here? Why, why didn't you tell me you were going to be here? He goes, flat. You didn't ask. <laughs> that, was, that was Hank. <laughs> and we spent you know, five hours together. I, I, I hope that in this world we live in, that we're still creating characters like him. I mean, they just have such great personalities. People think, oh, this is a character in a movie or something. It's like, no, folks, they made him like that back in the day. We can still be oh, I, like that. John, from your lips to God's ears, I'm working with a guy now named Andrew Capone. Now, doesn't that sound like a name? Andrew Capone, yeah. I, I, don't know if he's, I don't know if he's broken 25, let alone 30. And so he's running around the backside of uh, Saratoga, and he's shooting videos with jockeys right after they win races, and he's putting them up on our Twitter handle at Horse Racing Nation, at HR underscore nation, if I may make a blatant, shameless plug. No, no, and he's please do. Up, you know, he, had, he had Luis Saez on today, and he's got, you know, and and so he's throwing these up there, and he's, you know, he's pissing off some people, and he's he's just getting around. And he, he sends me a note in our little in-house Slack channel. He says, listen, I'm not going to – I'll try to be better, and I won't try to piss off people. And I said, Andrew, just do what you got to do. Just do what you got to do. Don't worry about stuff. I said, if you piss off someone, you're going to remember it far longer than they will. And as I told the story, I said, if there's a trainer who gives you any lip, do what I did to a trainer like in Stockton, California, a million years ago when I was his age, when it was Andrew's age. And I said, 
listen, I said to the trainer who got bitchy at me over some question I asked, I said, listen, you weren't any good when you were young either. And, <laughs> and the guy laughed and we were fine after that. And I've forgotten who it is. I said, Andrew, you'll have that moment. Just do what you got to do and go for. And so those characters are out there. You just don't know who they're going to be until they surface. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I guess they are they are ever evolving. I mean, uh, yeah. I used to go I, I used to go to Saratoga when this little kid with a black derby was running around the the uh, back paddock area uh, giving out overnights. His name turned out to be Andy Serling. Uh, oh, I know, <laughs> and I love Andy. Andy is like such a lightning rod. I just I adore Andy. I just think Andy to me to me Andy's the gold standard. And if he pisses you off then that is fine because the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. And there's no indifference about Andy Serling. So God bless <laughs> Andy's the guy who's wiggling. And I had him and Tom Amos on together because for whatever reason, Naira and Fox don't put them together. To me, that's the 21st century version of the odd couple. And I had them on together on the podcast last year and it was magical. And I just thought these two got to be together more often, but I, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to fill seven hours of their time a day and they need to split them up, but it's, Oh my God! The two of them are just the best. I, I would love to sit down with, to dinner with them, and I just sit there and eat and listen, <laughs> you know, and and make sure the dessert was really late. <laughs> that's, that's what I would do. But yeah, I mean, people say little Andy, and they probably thought because he's not much taller than I am. It's like no, because he was that kid called Little Andy that used to run yeah. around with the overnights looking for tips. <laughs> and uh, a day trader but, on Wall Street. I mean, think about that. That's what he used to be. He was a day trader on Wall Street, and but Hank. I mean, Hank, you look at Hank, Hank was a, an ad man. And I'll tell you a story. I've told this a couple of times. I told it on my podcast. The last account Hank maintained as an ad man, he maintained for a long time, but he was an ad man for the National Education Association, the teachers union. And he maintained that one well into the 90s and maybe into the early part of the 21st century. He would, we, we flew out one time, we flew out to LA because he had the do some meetings to maintain the account. And so we did the show from LA back to Miami for a week, which was like, you know, that's, that was great for me. It was back where I used to live. Sure. And, and so that was like my, my old haunt. And it was because of Hank and, and, and he still maintained that. I mean, part of it was his passion for the, for what the NEA believed in. That was where Hank's politics were, but also because he was loyal to people. And if there was anything about Hank Goldberg, it was that he was loyal to people right to the end. He kept score. He, hold, he could hold a grudge. He could hold a grudge, and he didn't even need a handle on it. But for the people to whom he was loyal and were loyal to him, that was unending. Well, all I can tell people is that if they want to really experience this and get a feel for it and hear not only from Ron Flatter but from other key people that, that had a chance to work with the hammer himself, go over to the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. And once you get to this one, you're going to say, hell, that was so good. I wanted to go to the next. I wanted to go to the next. Yeah. And me, meanwhile, I'm getting in trouble with my wife listening to your damn Ron Flatter forecast. But anyhow, anyhow <laughs> Ron, my, my, my producer's telling me I got to go. You've been a radio guy for years. You know what it's like. Thanks a million, man. I appreciate you for coming on. And I appreciate Tom Law for joining us earlier in the show. Remember, folks, get tied on. The spa is open and running. And you're going to get all the information from us at Winning Ponies. You got your easy win forms. And don't forget, make your bets at BetUS.com, the best in the business. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. 
Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america variety channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericavariety.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network it's staff and management have you become a member yet sign up now to become a member of voice america it's always free and easy 